Welcome back to For the Water Cooler, the podcast where you get to chat with your favorite coworkers about what you watched last night. I'm Matt Scalisi, and joining me as always, my virtual office buddy, Caroline Darney. Caroline, it's a big week for, yeah. for a pop culture podcast. We we all know what's coming. We, we know we're going to have big feelings about it. It is, <laughs> it is Oscar nomination week. There's lots of stuff to be excited about in terms of like now we to me this is like a moment where you get the big list of stuff to go do for the next month and a half right like also, now i have my assignments now yes the, the syllabus the syllabus has been assigned that's right yeah but also lots of stuff for us to be mad and argue about and mm-hmm. uh we will be getting into that uh in today's show later in the show also on a completely different tip we are going to be joined by the great Clinton Yates to talk about Snoop Dogg yes. for and and I'll I will wait till that part of the show to explain why that has the chosen topic this week. But actually, it's pretty relevant to some stuff yeah. going on in the pop culture world. Yes, so that'll be very exciting. Um, we we have got a lot to dig into, Caroline. But as always, we've got ways for our audience to reach out and be part of the show. Now we have a email address for the water cooler at gmail.com. And we have a voicemail line 802-432-8308 where you guys can call and leave us a message. And a, a few of you have already done that. If you haven't heard your call yet on the show, it, I promise we will be getting to it in, in the coming weeks, but we have a call this week. That is a follow-up to a previous call that we had on the show. I think our first yeah. one that we ever took. Yeah, it was our first our first voicemail. Um, so let's get an update from Wade, who who we we read his call about trying to convince his kids to watch uh, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, the Muppet classic. Hey, this is Wade from Tuscaloosa again with an update on Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. By the way, this is the day after Saban announced his retirement, <laughs> and this town is so full of big emotion, big men in high concentrations. <laughs> so, Emmett Otter's Judge Van Christmas, I finally got her to watch it, and I think the the key factor that got her to really buy into it was the violence, especially from the... Uh, <laughs> that uh, that outlaw band that came to town. She loves that. But my five-year-old is got uh, not very ordinary <laughs> things she likes to watch. She likes to watch '90s Japanese anime with me sometimes, and uh, and a lot of Scooby-Doo. So again, I'll probably call back uh, later with some more questions. Loving the show. Just listen to the episode with Spencer Hall. Love it. Congratulations on a new season. <laughs> I hope to hear more. Bye. Love that. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear he was successful. I, honestly, Muppet violence, I think, is probably the the most harmless kind. It's it's like it's really funny to see Muppets represented fighting because it's always it's it's very it's somehow it's even. The yeah, limbs have to stay loose because they don't. Yeah, it's it's even tamer than cartoon violence. And I, f- I feel like I feel like my first thought when I hear that is like Miss Piggy karate chopping people. Right. Like that's the <laughs> ultimate Muppet violence. Let's do Muppet John Wick. But- 
<laughs> keep Keanu. Muppet hard boiled. <laughs> keep the chief. Keep the police yeah. chief, and that's it. Just that, <laughs> wait, just that lady. That's right. The, yes, the 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 woman, the the, the romantic interest is yeah. the only human in the movie. That's good. Oh. Uh, well, thanks again for calling in, Wade. Everybody else, please uh, call our voicemail line, send us an email, and we will uh, make it a part of the show. And like I said, if you've already left us one and we haven't gotten to it yet, don't worry. It's coming. It's uh, it's It's been a busy start to season two, and it's about wow. to get really busy because we're – look, I'm, I'm not going to go through every single category, Caroline, no. but we – we have to hit the bigs, and and I, I I feel like I already know what the headline is for you today. Yeah, from the Oscar nominations. But why don't you tell us the the your main takeaway this morning? Um, they have to stop with the genre bias, man. Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig were robbed. I'm like uh, bummed about it because, like, look, here's the realistically, I think that best actress in my and this is where i'm like i need to see all these movies like poor things is still in theaters like it's on the list but it's just there's so many things to go see and to watch but my guess my if i were a betting woman i would say emma stone is probably like probably a favorite maybe lily gladstone like so did i think margot robbie was going to win the oscar no but it's partly the like she deserved to be nominated and like there's something about sometimes one it's the comedy subject type thing like first i don't even think it should have been adapted screenplay i think that is nonsense for barbie like yes I, he existed i get that but there were no like what there were a few of those cartoon shows or whatever animated barbie things like they created this story that told an, like an incredible like oh i just loved it so much that didn't exist anywhere else just because barbie was a known entity like I do think I do think it's kind of and I've, I've had this discussion with some friends who totally disagree with me about it. I, I don't think that. <clears throat> I mean, look, and the, look, the argument for making it adapted is that they didn't invent the concept Barbie and that if it's if it's if there's anything about it that you didn't make up that's owned like that's IP, basically. Right. And it has to be adapted. Fine. If that's what the if that's what the letter of the rule says, fine. But like. <clears throat> I think part of the point of the movie is that Barbie is not a concept as a character. Barbie just means a woman. So like, that's not adapted from the idea of women existing. (laughs) I I think a vessel with which to tell this story about like what it's like. And, And I get, so I think that Ryan Gosling's nomination is so incredibly deserved. I, that and it's and it always yeah. you can't go apples to oranges because he is competing against men who are supporting it, in their. It movie. wasn't it wasn't Ryan Gosling versus Margot Robbie. That right. is not he a thing that happened. Take it from, but yes. you cannot ignore the, the elephant in the room when it happens that the supporting actor in the movie Barbie about how things like the entire story of that movie and the plot and the feeling and the vibes and. Um, that that 
Ken gets the nomination. Yeah, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. In some ways, though, it reinforces the point of the movie, which is... Oh, 100%. That's exactly... But it's also... I don't think that that Margot Robbie should have been nominated because like, she was the lead in Barbie and this was the story. She was fantastic. And I I think that also goes to the... I think a lot of people think she wasn't acting, that she's just beautiful and looks like Barbie. And that, that therefore, like, she didn't put that much work. I don't know. I thought she was excellent. And it's disappointing to me that, and I don't, I haven't seen Nyad. And I'll tell you what, I didn't even know what that was. Same. I, I, I think a lot of people are finding out that Nyad were. is a movie that exists what? this morning. I didn't even know Annette Benning was in it until this morning because all I knew was that Jodie Foster was in it and she had a nomination for supporting. And I was like, great, yeah. Jodie Foster's cool. This is Annette like, Benning's like fifth or sixth uh, Best Actress nomination. And, and, and like, she's no, obviously incredible. No hate to Annette Benning. I did not know that yeah. your movie existed. It feels and- a little bit like here's the established older actress <clears throat> that gets the nomination over the person over a comedy esque like and again I think I that's fighting against it. Yes, that there's genre stuff here. I also yeah. I don't want to be I don't want to make everything a generational war, but also like <laughs> the Oscar voting base is pretty old. Yeah. And a lot of I mean this is a this is the boomer getting a nomination over the millennial actress. And there's I I don't know what the perception of Margot Robbie is within that industry. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I think we've talked a lot about it on the show. She is one of the best actors of her generation. This is, this is not a movie star, quote unquote. This is not a like, uh, wow, don't we love seeing her on red carpets and following her in the paparazzi. Margot Robbie is an artist who is yeah. extremely good at the craft of yeah. acting. And I don't know how she's perceived within her industry, but I know that like Annette Benning, right. For older people, for people who are 10, 20 years older than us, yeah. there's this like automatic cachet of, well, it's Annette Benning. It's so it's everything Annette- it's, it's kind of the way that um, kind of the way that Meryl Streep is viewed, right? Like that, like yeah, no, matter, no matter what she does, everyone automatically assumes it's going to be good. And I'm not saying it's not good, but like yeah. it's, it's interesting that a sort of a brand name got in over the new up and coming person. Now, again, I, like you said, Caroline, I don't necessarily think that Margot Robbie was going to win. I feel like Lily Gladstone has a ton of momentum for killers. Uh, of the yeah, Flower Moon. I think it's going to be Lily Gladstone or, or Emma Stone. And I think Emma Stone getting, what did she win the golden globe for it? Yeah. And, there, and, and by the way, momentum, they're both also younger Quote, mm-hmm. younger, yeah. I mean, like our generation actors. Yeah. And, and, and I don't, I definitely don't want to overlook the fact that there were a lot of like firsts with nominate, like, so America Ferrera got a nomination for Barbie, which, yeah, I, which this is very contentious. It is very contentious because I thought she was great, but I don't think that she was like, and I'd have to look to it more of the supporting and like who, but again, I want to be like, that's almost a moot point because I think it's Devine Joy Randolph like far and away because she was so good in the holdovers. Well, that I'm kind of like, Oh yeah, I guess everyone else in that category. Like, I don't I, know. Again. Yeah. Having not seen Nyad, but like the, the let's talk about the two supporting categories for a second here. Cause to me, they're incredibly, I mean, they usually are very fun and competitive and there's lots of really cool names and performer performances in those two categories. 
<clears throat> I have not seen Nyad again, so I don't know anything don't about even, Jodie I don't Foster's even know when it came out. I don't know where it's on. Ne it's on Netflix. That's why we don't know that it exists. But um, and and, and by the way, everybody, if you're <laughs> wanting to find out where to watch some of these movies we're yes. mentioning, for the win has a post up right now that has uh, where to stream all of the best picture nominees. Yeah, we're gonna try and build out more of some of these other category nominees because it is uh -huh. fun to go through and watch them. But yeah, but all best supporting actress, right? You have these are the, all of the other movies in this category I have seen and they're, and they're, they're not really obscure movies. These are some of the bigger, more populist movies this year. You have Emily Blunt from Oppenheimer. It's fantastic, but in it for like four minutes, not in it a ton. Danielle Brooks from color purple, who I talked about a little bit last week on the show. Yeah. She's, she's great. She plays the role that Oprah originated in the original version of color purple. Really, really fun, big performance. Uh, America Ferrera, like we mentioned, Jodie Foster, and then Divine Joy Randolph from Holdovers, who I, I that's my favorite performance out of my this favorite. group. Really, really cool. And and like really fun to see a new name yes. come up out of nowhere and win that award. And then for the men, Sterling K. Brown, who I have not seen American fiction, but like we all love Sterling K. Brown. He's great. <laughs> Would be easy to root for. Yeah. Robert De Niro doing in Killers of the Flower Moon, who is doing again, really weird stuff in that movie, which I love to see like absolutely bizarre vocal and, and facial stuff in that movie. Robert Downey Jr. For Oppenheimer, which, which it's hard for me to pick between all of these. Cause I, I, man, I love Robert Downey Jr. In that movie. Yes. He was so good. Ryan Gosling in Barbie, obviously. And then Mark yep. Ruffalo for poor things. It's like, it's like, this is like one of the most likable groups of actors <laughs> I can imagine. Well, and so, well, what was it in uh, Coleman Domingo's for leading actor? That's for lead actor in a movie called Rustin, which is also on Netflix right now. I have is not it? seen oh, it. I've heard him. He, oh, God. But Coleman Domingo also uh, no. is in The Color Purple and is yes. he's doing some awesome stuff right now. He is, he is captivating. Just every, and there's not a, like, better dressed man in Hollywood right now. <laughs> if we want to, so we talked about red carpets a few minutes ago, like he, he comes out and it's just, it's stunningness every time. But that's, I think there, you know, Willem Dafoe is one that people talked about. Uh, Mark Ruffalo over Willem Dafoe. Again, poor things is on the list. I haven't seen it. Um, we talked a little bit about the adapted screenplay thing that also by putting Barbie in adapted screenplay, I think is what nudged killers of the flower moon out. Um, because people look at that yeah. as a and we also didn't get any Leo, no nomination for Leo. No, yeah, for Killers of Flower Moon, which was also which and, and, and I mean he can, he really is is, I mean he's the the focal point of that movie. Yeah. He's carrying that movie. It's it's it, it's just it's such a it's such a competitive category for for best actor. I think it I wouldn't surprise me if he was close in the voting, but like you have Bradley Cooper that everybody I mean, Bradley Cooper has been like building his entire career to this have moment. You seen Maestro? Have you yes, seen Maestro? Yes. I'll be, I'm not a fan of Maestro and I understand a lot of people like it. It yeah. does not work for me. And you can call, you can say that I'm biased and I wouldn't necessarily uh, disagree with you. I, I feel like it icks me out a little bit that Bradley Cooper like is so thirsty for this Oscar that he's like, He's been campaigning for it for years. I feel like I wish that I was more interested in seeing that movie. I just, I, I just didn't. 
it just there's not one second of the movie where I'm not watching it thinking this guy is trying so hard to win an Oscar. Oh no! <laughs> uh, I wish that I'd seen. Well, I wanted to see Past Lives. Well, I'm excited to watch Past Lives, but I was a little surprised they didn't get a couple more noms. And I will say though, exciting times, first ever Mission Impossible nominations for the franchise. Is that right for the for, in the history of the franchise? That's this what, is the first nomination. So, if that is incorrect, I'm going to blame the people from the E post show because they told me that as soon as the um, announcements were done. <laughs> they were like, that's the first two for, you know, it's been out since 1995. And these are the first. Wow. Two. Yeah. So that's crazy. Um, love that. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it, they, they did, they did some it, really impressive stuff from a production standpoint The the, um, the the other thing, look, not to not to harp too much on it uh, on the negative side of this, but like best director, the the thing that I've seen pointed out, right, by people who are most upset about the Barbie stuff in particular, but it, it goes kind of beyond that. I, I understand that the way this works is there are ten best picture nominees, and there are only five best director nominations. Um, doesn't make a lot of sense that we do it that way to me. Uh, but, but that's how they do it. And even though there are three best picture nominees directed by women, only one of those got the best directing nomination, which is Justine Triette from Anatomy of a Fall, which did really well. It got, it got nominated for a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it did. Um, but you're, you're, you're talking about, again, leaving out Greta Gerwig, uh, despite Barbie being nominated for best picture and, uh, and, and past lives that we mentioned, which is a best picture nomination, but not a best director nomination. It's not a great look. No matter no matter what the explanation for this is, it's not a great look. Yeah, we uh, thought we were going to get. I think it was. I think they've had the most was two female directors nominated. They thought there was a chance that three would act, would get nominated this time around, but obviously yeah. And look, Martin Scorsese is one of the ones nominated. Yeah. I'm not going to be. I'm, I'm not going to be mad about that. Again, there's. I think that this is actually. I'm excited to watch. I've only seen three, three of the best picture nominees so far. So yeah, holdovers, Oppenheimer, and Barbie. It's an interesting mix. Like it, it, about half of them are movies that like the average moviegoer would probably have had a decent yeah. chance to see at this point, and the other half of them are these really small, kind of obscure movies that you know now people are going to hopefully seek out and and give a shot. But it, it's it's an interesting mix of them. It's, it's also like probably if you add all of the, the gross, like the, the box office grosses together, this might be the highest grossing best picture category yeah. that we've, that we've ever had. Just, I mean, that, and obviously most of the heavy lifting is being done by Barbie and Oppenheimer, but, but interesting, interesting that it's, that it has that. All right. A couple of other categories I just want to hit on before we wrap up. Yeah. And these are, and these are not the most like, uh, contentious, serious categories there are. Found editing. Oh, we've sorry. we've talked a lot about original song, like all yeah. year. I feel about. I, I feel like we were talking about it when Mario came out, uh, well, which which was snubbed. Pe- Peaches did huge, not make it in. Huge snub. Peaches. Not. But Barbie made it in with two songs, which is which yeah. is you don't see a lot. Uh, the same movie getting two songs in. And I wonder how that's going to turn out because you've got I'm Just Ken, which is going to be the thing everybody's actually going to want to watch the broadcast to see the performance of, yeah. whether it's Ryan Gosling or somebody else doing it. Um, 
And then what was I made for? I would call that the favorite right now. I think that people seem to like giving Billie Eilish awards. Um, She has locked up, it feels like, that original song. She's Um, about to win her, potentially she's about to win her second Oscar. And what is she like? Is she like 24 or something? So here's the thing. When I, so (laughs) this is deep insight to Caroline's personal life. I'm Just Ken was my number one song on Spotify last year. That's amazing. (laughs) Like all the Taylor Swift I listened to, which was the number one artist, but like, yeah, I'm Just Ken. I had that on repeat for days. Speaking of my number one Spotify artist also snubbed in this category, Olivia Rodrigo's song from uh, Hunger Games did not make the cut. Unbelievable. I hate, hate to see it. It's not my it's not my favorite of her songs. Uh it's fine. But, but one thing that is crazy that got into this category, the the closing credit song from the Flamin' Hot Cheetos movie is nominated know. for best original song. That's it's called hilarious. The Fire Inside. Music and lyrics by Diane Warren, who I think also has won like several Oscars. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I guess with back to Barbie though. I think that the What Was I Made For is inarguably the better song. Like, that it is a beautiful song. It's beautifully composed. It hits the emotional notes of the movie as she... Literally, it's asking, like, what was I made for? It's this whole... The lyrics are speak to the female experience, I think. Like, it's just a lot. Like, it's a beautiful song. Sometimes I, I complain about the, like, closing credits moot songs getting in this category and winning, because it's like... Was it really part yeah, of the movie? Just, no, but this, this song, this song is like essential to yeah. the movie. Yeah. Both were part of the movie and fantastic. And the thing that I'm just Ken is, is it's a ton of fun. It's fun. Ryan Gosling, which is what I love <laughs> so much about this role, is he took Ken and made it into an incredibly deep, interesting character, which I think is why he deserves the nomination that he got in supporting actor. So do I want I'm just Ken to win? Kind of. Does that also then reinforce the whole, like, especially now that the nominations went the way they did, like, oh, this entire movie is about Barbie and her struggle, which is exactly <laughs> what, what was I made for about? Is it going to lose to the, I'm just Ken. Here, here like, let, let me, let me do something really annoying for a second. I know yes. big, big change, big shock. <laughs> the, the, here's, if I'm trying to like bend my brain into a pretzel a little bit and say, why did it work out this way? That like a lot of, that basically men from the Barbie movie are who got nominated. Like it's a movie obviously that is about the female experience and, and it showcases women and it was the audience was overwhelmingly for women, but part of that experience and part of the story of Barbie is that it's actually about the patriarchy in a big way. And so like, it's kind of, in some ways I can see why it was inevitable that the, the, the guy that is the representation of the guy who goes and learns about the patriarchy and brings it back to the Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's actually like a pretty, of all of the ideas in the movie, he's maybe the most interesting idea in the movie because, because everybody else is representative of what is sort of approximately a relatable female experience. And this is a character in Ken that they created that like, I don't know that we've ever seen that represented in a movie before that he is a man who's 
unwilling, he's un unaware that he is harming people. Like he, he is, he is unwittingly perpetuating the patriarchy. I honestly, he was just so fantastic in the movie. And it, it's partly just that Ryan Gosling, again, underrated, especially underrated as a comedic actor in my estimation. And he took the assignment super seriously. So seriously, but the best yeah. part too, and that makes it so, is he throughout the press junket and yes was flawless i don't think there's any question that a big part of the reason that barbie made a billion dollars is because it is one of the most and we talked about this on the show last yeah. year it's one of the most successful promotional tours yeah. i've ever seen well, for a movie. Hit every note when it came to giving Margot and Greta and America, like all of the women involved who did all this heavy lifting, giving them their flowers and giving them their due and not like he would deflect things and send it back. He's like, well, I'm only here for Barbie. I'm just here for Barbie. Like it was just all, all of it was so perfectly done. And so I don't think like his face when he, when they won, what was it? The Emmy? No, Golden, that's Golden Globe. Yeah. Which one did he, or was it the SAG award for, um, cause I think, Billy won the Golden Globe, and then I'm Just Ken won the SAG? BAFTA? Critic, one, Critics' yeah, Choice, BAFTA, something like that. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. Of the, it won one of those. I think it was Critics' Choice. I think you're right. I think it won mm -hmm. the Critics' Choice Award. And his face was like, are you guys kidding? Right. Like, it clearly should be, what was I made for? And again... He just does everything right. Is it Mark Ronson is the guy? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he's incredibly talented. So I'm not saying, like, when I say, what was I made for is the better song i'm not trying to knock i'm just kind because again i've listened to it a billion times mm -hmm. and they're like and that's enough i just love it it's so catchy but i, I want to see him perform it yes i, I want billy to win the award because I, I think that's a good that's a good split and we all win when, when yeah. that happens the, the last last one i want to hit on <clears throat> best original score which yeah, i, I, I think there were this. there were some great ones this year that are, are, are i mean that are not nominated but Read me off the nominees again so American Fiction is nominated Laura Cartman, who I, again, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh. Indiana Jones, the last Indiana Jones from John. So this will be John Williams, almost certainly John Williams last nomination ever uh, of his career. He is, he has said that he is retired now. So, you know, I think it's cool that he's nominated. I don't know that he's necessarily going to win or not, but I mean, amazing greatest movie composer of all time. Our last time to see him nominated killers of the flower moon is nominated, which is Robbie Robertson. A really cool uh, score that is mm. super like, like uh, atmospheric and, and dark and, and spooky a little bit. Then uh, the poor things score is nominated. And then the one that to me is my favorite of the year it's gotta be, is it's Oppenheimer. Gotta be Oppenheimer. Yeah. Ludwig Gordonson is, is I, I've all, I've always liked him. He was on some next level stuff in Oppenheimer. And uh, I think it would be really cool to see him win for this. Ludwig phenomenal. And what I really love, and this is, I don't know if we've talked about this here before, if I've said it somewhere else, but what I think is so fascinating about scores now is not to like dumb it down too much as she says, as she dumbs it down too much. It's essentially our generation's only real classical music. Yeah, for sure. Like new classical music. If we're going to be honest, like, so when you think about John Williams or you think about, um, the other, who, who am I thinking? The, um, John Williams and, uh, 
<laughs> Who's the other score guy? That just Are all you talking about Hans Zimmer? Yes, Hans Zimmer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now Ludwig Goransson is stepping because he did Black Panther. Um, he's yeah. stepped, he did Mandalorian. Well, what's really cool. What's really cool about Goransson is that he came up in a very interesting way, which is I think like more indicative of how a lot of people are getting into the business now. He was making, you know, for lack of a better term, he was producing pop music. And yeah. I mean, like if you look at Trent Reznor is out there like doing a lot of great stuff every year and, and Johnny Greenwood, like these are all people who got their start in bands making music for the radio for, for, you know, ma making albums as individual artists. And Gorenson got his start as basically a producer. And I think the one he's probably most well known for is he, he produced all of the uh, Donald Glover's childish Gambino albums oh, okay. as a rapper so he was this guy was making hip hop music and then like yeah. transitioned into <laughs> movies via Black Panther Creed. and Creed. Creed was his first, and then yeah, Black Panther, um, Venom, Creed two. His Mandalorian score—it's awesome. It's so iconic and and recognizable. So good, so good, and so the Black Panther score is awesome. It's one that oh, thing gets no, me so hyped. He's he's so talented, and and what is so important, what I love. Watch, I remember distinctly doing the score is so interesting to me because like you have the ones that you think of with the John Williams and the Indiana Jones theme and you have the Star Wars themes and you have all of these ones that stand out to you that you're like, okay, yes, I remember like Harry Potter, like all of these that, and when it's done correctly, like it was flawlessly done with Oppenheimer is it feels like another character in the movie without, oh, yeah. without taking over or distracting so it's this this perfect balance you have to find of adding to the story and being memorable and standing out to bring the story to life but not overpowering it and not being bad like especially it can't be a, you know I, I think with oppenheimer one cool thing about it is that it's a movie that's basically about one guy all the way through and we don't get an internal monologue of any kind and he doesn't talk all that much and like the score is is I think really important to letting you into the brain of the main character of this movie. It's like a little bit of a, and there's a sequence early in the movie where it's like flashing colors and, and pictures of space and all this stuff. And it's, it's like, <clears throat> to me, the score fits that really well. It's like, there's stuff going on in this guy's head that even he doesn't fully understand. And it's like, it makes it feel like everything is so big and so important all the time. Yeah. I think it adds so much to to the the feelings that you're having in a movie that doesn't otherwise really tell you how to feel. Who? Let's do some rapid fire um, picks. Okay. So, who are you taking best picture? Best picture. <clears throat> I think I think it feels like it's Oppenheimer's year. I think I think Oppenheimer's going to win Best Picture. It's it's not my favorite movie of the year, but it's very good, and it's very important and significant to Hollywood this year. And I think it's going to win. Do you think? Okay, director. Director. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Scorsese gets one. Ooh, I think I'm it's gonna say win. he gets his second win. Yeah. Um, actor. Best actor? Actor. Man, I really, really want Paul Giamatti to I win. I think it might be Giamatti. But I, I feel like it's going to be 
Killian Murphy, but I, I would be so thrilled if Paul Giamatti won. I think it's going to be Giamatti. That's one of the ones that I'm like, ooh, uh, best actress. Best actress, I feel like, I feel like Lily Gladstone is, is it's her time. I think that I'd, she's a great story. And I'd I think, it. yeah, it's, it's going think, to be. I think it's Emma Stone. <laughs> I mean, I love Emma Stone too. And she's, yeah. she, she, like I said about Margot Robbie earlier, Emma Stone is like a capital A artist. She's yeah. doing weird stuff right now. And I love it. Um, supporting actress. Supporting actress. Hmm. I, I'm going to go with Divine Joy Randolph. I, I I think that she's she seems like she has all the momentum, and it's a great performance. It's a wonderful performance, and supporting actor. Supporting actor, I I am going to go Robert Downey Jr. here. Yeah. I, I I know I just said I don't I, that Oppenheimer is not my favorite movie, and I just picked it to win like four Oscars. But like, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. though genuinely kills it in this movie in a way that it, he does stuff that I've never seen him do in his career. And it's really cool. Well, this is the same argument again. I think this is the genre stuff and I get why comic book movies don't get like best picture noms and all that stuff. Like whatever. Yes. I get it. He was incredible in Endgame and probably should have been nominated. Yeah. Like, and if he wasn't going to get it for that, he was never going to get it playing right. Tony Stark. And, and that's what, again, this is another where you kind of, where I think the, um, when you watch Margot Robbie, you think, oh, she's just beautiful. And this is just what Barbie is. Like, she's just there being pretty there. Like, she's not doing that much when in mm -hmm. real, like in reality, she's phenomenal and was acting her ass off. The same, I think, went with RDJ as, as Tony Stark. Through, and I'm not saying he should have gotten nominations for like Iron Man 2. No, but I, I, he should have been nominated for Endgame because he and was phenomenal and in the way that I want him to get his flowers for this because he's just as good an actor now as he was in the marvel movies it's just this has the prestige attached to it well i think there's another element to it too that that like in, in in somewhat a similar way to like there used to be a trope right that like beautiful actresses would uh make themselves ugly quote unquote for a movie and then they would get an Stone. oscar Charlie's and throne monster. I think that what Robert Downey Jr. did in this movie that might really appeal to Oscar voters is like, what's the one thing that he's really known for, right? He has unbelievable charisma all the time. Yeah. And he strips away all his charisma in this movie. And he's not likable. He's not <laughs> smooth. He is a he is like a mean, petty, nasty guy. And yeah. that when you take that stuff away. I think it sort of makes it easier to see what a great, brilliant actor he is. And I, I feel like that's going to be the trick that gets it for him. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, awesome. say, well, they are March 10th. Uh, it's an earlier time. Shout out to that. That makes me happy. Not just yeah, I love it. go to bed earlier. So it's a 7 p.m. start. Um, but we also get an hour of Abbott Elementary afterwards. Oh, nice. <laughs> so so this, the third season premieres. Um, if you want they're to doing like the Super Bowl comedy. thing where they're yeah. making it a lead in to a yeah. show. If you want to see a real comedy, not the bear, <laughs> <laughs> have an elementary after. Uh, but no, I'm really excited. I think this is, uh, I'm gonna, wa I'm gonna try and watch as many as I can. I always say that every year. Um, and there's usually one that I end up like hating and being like, why was this in there? Last mm -hmm. year, that was Triangle of Sadness. I hate, but you know what? There's always also one I feel like that I don't I dread watching and I'm only watching it because it's nominated and then I end up liking it. I'm not so, gonna lie. I went into the holdovers kind of like this looks boring. 
<laughs> and I loved it. But it ended up being a total delight, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a delightful film. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's a, uh, but anyway, this has been Oscars talk. Uh, I'm really excited. After the break, we're going to be joined by my good friend Clinton Yates of ESPN, which is going to be super fun and exciting. So let's do that. All right. And welcome back. I am personally very excited about our guest this week. Um, Clinton Yates, ESPN, hosts The Daily, On Around the Horn. You'll see him all the time. But one of my close person, like one of my good friends, I love you so much. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Darns. I love you too. For those of you who think that uh, this is a joke, no, Darns and I are personal friends. We've actually podcasted before. (laughs) Yes, we have. We have done a one episode oat milk podcast. Okay, so we're getting right into that. Okay, yes, we, we did an oat milk podcast. I don't know. It's a long story. It's a but very long story. Basically, one of Darns's other friends started making fun of me because I was drinking oat milk one time on a Zoom birthday party during the pandemic. Yeah. And so it turned into this whole thing, this whole bit. And when we ended up in Omaha for the College World Series, we ended up taping an oat milk podcast at a bar where yep. all we talked about was oat milk and people were like... There was a live crowd. It was a whole thing. Like, I you don't know, even know how we pulled and, that off. And they, they say you they say you can't go too niche with a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally the the group chat coming to life in the most niche <laughs> that has ever existed. And the only reason that we really truly did it is because we named it Call and Oats. And we <laughs> Extremely were like, ex- listen, that's all you needed to say. That's right. that justifies the existence of the podcast. Thank you. I like you a lot better now, Matt. That's I'm glad you understand what's going on here. So. One episode. It's all right. we needed. It was perfect. Right. No, um, but, it, but this worked out perfectly because not to brag, but two thirds of this podcast talked to Snoop Dogg this week. This is true. Um, I talked to him for the underdogs junket and Clinton, you had a chance to do something else with that um, Monday of this week. What was that? What would tell us about that? <laughs> Okay, so it was effectively the same junket, to be clear. It was just the local one that involved sports writers at the time. So I got an invite to go to his clubhouse in Inglewood, which, if you know anything about Los Angeles, is Inglewood up to no good. If you're familiar with the song California Love, pretty popular neighborhood um, in Los Angeles. And he's got this like compound situation there where there's a basketball court, there's an arcade, there's all his recording studios and offices and all this stuff. And when I got the the invite to go down there, I was like, yeah, I'll definitely do that. Like 10 out of 10 every time. No way I'm saying no to that. So I pulled up and, you know, Darns, you do these a lot more than I do. Typically the press situations I'm in interview wise are a lot more personal or a lot more public in the mm-hmm. sense that it's either at a game, at a practice, or at a ballpark or field or a gym or whatever, or it's at somebody's house or just wherever. This was sort of that in-between where a bunch of other press had been invited to all sit in the same situation. So that was slightly new to me in that regard, but yeah. it was it was pretty cool. You know, craft services out there, all that nonsense, Raising Cane's food truck. I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. And so the jerseys in the movie. <laughs> yes, and uh, the kids from the movie were there. Uh, and so they did one interview with Snoop in their sort of green room. And then he came to talk to us. And the funny thing about it was that like, again, I I was sort of new to this process. There were five of us at the table and there were three people on zoom and he took the zoom calls first. But then when we got to the inside part where there was us at the table, 
the moderator, he goes, well, pardon the pun, but let's just go around the horn and start <laughs> with you. And Snoop at this point turns to me and he goes, yo, man, I love you on that show. And sort of dabs me up. And then we continue. And I'm thinking, well, okay, great. You know, I get, guess this worked out. I'm glad I got here. And so <laughs> everybody else had to introduce themselves and say their publication. I apparently did not. And that's so, pretty, that's gotta be surreal, man. Pretty clutch, pretty surreal. And after that, he was like, no, 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 I'm serious. I enjoy your work a lot. And I really like the show. And I said, you should come on sometime. And he was like, do they do that? And I said, well, you know, Lil Wayne's been on the show before. And he was like, after we take these pictures, we're cutting a promo stat. Don't leave. <laughs> and that's what that video that you might have seen was. No rehearsal, yeah. nothing, just off the cuff, and it worked out. So thanks. I love that he was like kind of turned away yes. as if you were like, oh, and here, oh, look who we just ran into. It's my good friend Snoop. He was up for the task. You know what I mean? It was an impromptu sort of bit. And I was just like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And, you know, thankfully your boy's got a couple on camera skills. So it worked out. But, <laughs> Yeah, we're going to see if we can get him on the show. And uh, it was it was a new experience for me. And obviously, all my boys from high school were really excited, asking me all sorts of questions. But, you know, that's why you moved to Los Angeles, because you just might run into a superstar one day because they're promoting something you like. Well, let, let me ask you, Clinton, like in terms of your own personal experience, like when, when did when did Snoop when do you remember becoming aware of Snoop's music and and like how quickly were you very very into it like or or I guess like you know tell me about kind of your personal experience with his art coming up uh, well I mean I'm 42 years old so like yeah. Snoop, Snoop's career arc is exactly when somebody like me would have been into it so yeah, yeah did I own I mean you know nothing but a G thing when they first do the follow cam shot through all the way back to the back and he's gets up off the bed and he's got an ironing board in that room. Like those are things that I know because those are what I remember as far as being a fan of not just hip hop music, but I would say pop culture in general. And so one of the, one of the, I mean, there's, there's not something along the Snoop line that I don't likely remember, or at least were around for, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't too young at the time. If you ask some people, I might've been, but <laughs> I don't think it was considered. I don't know anybody who's not a Snoop fan. It's probably the best way to put that. Sure. Um, you know, and I, 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 one of the things about being at the compound that was fascinating is that, you know, it's one of those deals where there's a lot of long hallways because it's a rectangle. And, you know, when you've got interior rooms, there's a lot of decorative opportunities along the walls. Yeah. And there were more things that I had just completely forgotten about that he was a part of that were all documented at some point through promo posters or whatever it may be like all the original art from the guy from doggy style. If you remember that particular visual look sure. um, on the cover and stuff, that was all there. various things he had collected over the years, never mind all the stuff he had been in. And I was just like, man, you know, you really could be a fan of Snoop for a long time, having never heard any music he writ wrote or performed in at all. There was even, and this is the last thing I'll say about this before moving on. There was a, platinum plaque from sweden because he was on some <laughs> track that went bananas in scandinavia that he was on from some artist i don't even know what kind of music this was and i was like my god this guy really is global not that that was news but when it's all put out in front of you like that it kind of reminds you of what kind of impact he's had on hollywood and the world it's 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 like <clears throat> there's there's a lot of artists that we talk about this way but it was you know kind of looking at it before we did this podcast He's one of these guys where there are eras of his career that yeah. you, you can fairly distinctively mark him out. Like 
he's a different guy. He's a different artist in that early phase when he's sort of part of Dre's crew and he, and he sort of appears in that group. And then I go back and think to like when I was in college in the early two thousands, he was a huge, huge deal, obviously, but he's making a very different kind of music at that point. And, and it's, it's appealing to a different audience at that point. Yeah, I mean, he's not with the limit for a while. He's done a ton of different things. I don't even know that artist is the word that I would necessarily use for him at this point because and no, I don't know that there we have a word to define what a person like Snoop is. He's Snoop Dogg. I mean, you know what I mean? That That's kind of what it is, Darns. Because he, he's like, I think about all the stuff that he's done, and it was fun talking to him. I had like three minutes. It was yeah. like the craziest. But he's going back to do the Olympics again this year. Right. And when I think about yeah. that, and you think about... <laughs> a legitimate, not like a fake friendship, a legitimate friendship with Martha Stewart. Like think about yeah. like your first time hearing Snoop and like the way that I, I grew up, some of the Snoop Dre tracks were like the first real like rap music that I liked and listened to. And like, I remember, I still remember work, you know, all, all these songs and the way that it, like you said, transformed into like, um, drop it like it's hot. I remember it was huge when I was in college, you know, like right. everyone just talking with Snoop, like, oh, <laughs> she did the noise. Oh yeah. <laughs> Every time I notes, he's I was not ready for the noise. I was not ready for the noise. That was fantastic. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Caroline, with the Neptune sound coming that strong. out. That was strong. But and that's I love seeing, and he's so interesting. Like, yeah. and that's not to say like, oh, I didn't think he'd be interesting, but just getting to spend. If you consume any of his interviews, if you look at, he is so passionate about this underdogs project, which was so fun to hear him mm-hmm. and others talk about. Because you know, I talked to Cal Penn, who plays his agent, and he's in just a couple scenes. And I told him, I was like, I would cry if Snoop Dogg yelled at <laughs> Like, I know that it's scripted, but I would cry. And he, right. there's a Harold and Kumar reference, and I asked, which is hilarious, by the way. He calls him a Harold and Kumar looking motherfucker. I'm like. <laughs> yes. And here's the best part. In fact, he, correct. He yeah. improvised that really? on the first take. So Cal Penn did not know that was coming. Like, and I was like, that is incredible. And so it's just kind of this. He ta- he's so you know energetic about the things that he cares about, and yet he's not too cool for like as Andy Samberg Corona commercial, you right. know what I mean? Like, right. and I love that balance. Like it's kind of, he's just such a cool dude. I think and the it, reason why I said Darns is that artist is not really enough. Of word. Is that the word is just talent. It doesn't yeah. matter what the arena is. This guy is a talent. It's genuine. And one, like you said, he's so passionate about the project because I think it's the project that most thoroughly probably represents his realist life in yeah. terms of what he's lived just as a human being, not as a talent. And that's where I think, you know, quite frankly, I think that's where a lot of a lot of the reason why we sort of bonded sort of came from. I didn't ask him about like what, I mean, you know, I don't know, guys have questions and I'm not trying to diss what questions ask, but I said to him, I said, it's part of the reason why you made this movie because you know a lot of guys that are like this and probably are a little too cool for the hood. And he was like, absolutely. You know what I mean? He was like, I want a lot of people to see this because it might be you, you know? And yeah. that to me sort of indicated as much about who he is than anything is that he's a dude who's living a real life for all the things you've seen on stage or on screens or on your phones or whatever. He's still a guy that's got a family who's got kids. Calvin Brodus Jr. Man. Cool dude. We, we talk about, we talk about um, 
the way that pop culture has kind of been changing in the last couple of decades a, mm-hmm. a good bit on the show, Clinton. And, you know, like the, the, the fact that there aren't a lot of things that everybody all knows about anymore. Like there's, there's, a, yeah. there's a lot of sectioning off of the culture, but like Snoop Dogg is a great example of somebody who is such a, he, he's part, part of, part of, I think what you're, you're pointing out when you say he's not just an artist, like he's this sort of icon of American culture in general. He is, he is this figure that even if you don't listen to hip hop, you're still aware of him. And he's, he's like, there used to be a lot more figures that were sort of that level that were, they're just so famous that even if you haven't seen anything they've done, you know who they are. And the term is famous for being famous. And that's, you know what I'm saying? Like a large part of what, but that typically was gotten through means that did not necessarily have to do with talent and super somebody that has gotten there as a result. And sort of the Z axis point to what you're saying, Matt, is that, What's so fascinating is that he often doesn't play characters that are that far outside of himself. You see Snoop Dogg and you think Snoop is playing Snoop. But in fact, he is using the palette that he already has that he exists on to sort of extend characters. And, you know, you think about, I don't know, Starsky and Hutch, you know, in that movie Mm -hmm. and like The Wash, which is another movie I'd come kind of completely forgotten about. But (laughs) I know by heart, you know what I mean? And like that's that's the thing about him is that, yes, while he is famous for being famous, who he is is still very much something that. You know, if if you asked a probably a 15 year old person, tell me what Snoop Dogg sounds like, they probably be able to tell you, you know, yeah. what I mean, they might have some marginal impression based on what they'd heard in the world or what their parents have showed him. He's, he's like a stock character in the culture yeah. now. Like, yeah, yes. people just That's, like inherently know what that is. Exactly. No, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to be around. And I remember a, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of people think it's it's funny when you meet somebody who is this is sort of getting personal here, Darns, and I'm kind of talking to you. When you run into somebody who people never thought you might meet and they've always got something slick to say and it's like, oh, God, 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 did he smell like weed? I'm like, no. Like, what? You know what I mean? No, he smelled like a 55-year-old black dude, which is tremendous <laughs> moisturizer. You know what I'm saying? And great cologne. Like, do you know anybody that age? Because that's what they smell like. like yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how that goes, you know? And so it was interesting to see him move sort of in person versus what people's expectations were. He came to the gym, shot a couple hoops, sat down, talked his talk, kept it moving, you know? And uh, I was I was really happy to be a part of it. He's so high on the vibes list. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. It, it just feels like someone that you can legitimately spend. You know, people always, I, you always have that few celebrities that you're like, I bet if we hung out, we'd be friends. Sure. You say that a lot more than I do, but <laughs> I'm a friendly person. <laughs> but you know, yeah, and 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 again, I, it turns out that was what he thought too when I got there. So yeah, and that's good. It's fun. such a. Did you? How often do would you say that you get to do like celebrity, like movie celebrity interviews? Not much, mainly because I don't love that. To be honest, I think yeah. that there's a certain. Um, and this is not to knock anybody in any part of the business, but there's a certain departure from reality that a lot of actors inherently have that when you cover athletes and people around sports a lot is a very large disconnect. You know this, Darns, because in the athletic realm, there's no world in which you're putting on a persona necessarily because the A, results speak for themselves and your opponents speak for themselves. In movies, you don't have opponents. You were doing something for a static field that people are watching you be a part of and it's just a different nature in terms of how the press relates to one another so 
to be quite frank, I don't necessarily love covering stuff that involves people that act for a living because it's just a different interaction. That's that's me personally. However, I know that it also means that it's harder, you know what I mean, to really get to what people kind of really are or rather what they're really trying to say with any of their roles or any of the projects they're a part of. So not a ton is what I'm yeah. saying, which is why it was so kind of surprising. But in the sports realm, it was easier to relate to him because this is a movie about something, about sports, about life, which yeah. is my wheelhouse. And that's like, and Matt and I have talked about this before because like we just briefly mentioned, Matt did the uh, Mission, Mission Impossible. Junket. Yeah. And it the interview process is so much more challenging i think because it's you rarely have as limited a time with athletes as you do this like or you have more they they want you to only scratch the surface when you're doing um, interviews yeah they don't want you to get that deep into it right that's why i've joked that i've been so lucky that i've gotten to do these like all these aviation based ones sure because you actually know what you're talking about if you're like i used to do what you are pretending to do like that's really cool and you immediately have this like rapport but that's the hard part is and that's why i thought snoop was so fascinating and and that his public persona i think matched the and granted like a zoom interview is still a public persona but the ability to connect with people that's the hardest part is you need to establish some sort of connection in order to get any sort of engaging content anything good yeah that's where it's you know, I, I joked with you in text, but I did. I, he got emotional when I asked him about the movie. And it's exactly what we were talking about because it means so much to him. I literally was just like, how much does this, It you've worked so long on this. And part of the thing that's so important to him was not just that he got a chance to make this movie or share the underdog story, but that other people cared enough to sign on. To and join the project. Him. Yeah. And that was what I thought was really special from his um the way that he that he shared that thing so i just he's such a cool and that was fun that this all worked out because yeah perfect timing because you were trying to not have me on because you had my homie ryan on i had to pull your car and i was like really what's happening here what's going on we gotta save the we gotta get the big guns i'm gonna save the big guns by the way there is other news on that front that is going to make you yell out loud at some point darns that you know your listeners can know about so stay tuned yeah well we do have one we do have one you're gonna gonna let's just say it involves the galaxy yes Mm. my favorite kind of things to involve (laughs) Um, interesting well clinton we we always do a really, frankly, a pretty stupid segment with our guests to wrap things up. And so okay. I apologize in advance for uh, for how goofy this is going to be. But this is just what we do here. And uh, we do a trivia contest or a game show of some kind at the end I'm of the show. I'm a professional game show contestant. Okay? Yeah, so, so case look, forgot, I'm going to get my ass kicked. Car- <laughs> Caroline, Caroline I, I think, did not do great last week. So you're coming okay. in at a good time here. I'm not a great trivia person. I'm a personality hire most places I show up at. Well, this is, you know, I'm... I didn't want to make this. I didn't want to make this a hip hop trivia contest this week. I feel like that okay. would have worked against Caroline, so I wanted to even the odds a little bit. <laughs> I've decided to make this a trivia game show about dogs in pop culture to honor our our subject of Snoop. So Dogg. you swung the pendulum from something that you didn't think Caroline would know anything about to something that is literally a in home issue with her in by multitudes. Clint, you know, I do. I, I, hold on. 
Do you know how many pictures of week Caroline sends me personally of dogs? Not so many posted online. I don't even. Ones. I don't okay. even remember how many she has at any given moment. But listen, oh God. I, I I think I think you're going to have a fair shot at these questions. I think I've tried to to construct it fairly. We do have a little jingle that we're going to open the game show oh. with Chandler. Chandler, can you play that? I'm so excited. I heard a Snoop Dogg and his cousin Nate. Well, there's a lot of other dogs that we celebrate. Scooby Doo and Old Yeller, they were both great. And don't forget about 101 Dalmate. I got a collie named Lassie and she's looking real swell. She's here to tell me that Timmy fell into a I'm so stop sorry. The show. I stopped the show. No, whatever we're about to do is not as important as me understanding where the hell that came from, who did it, who wrote it, and who performed it. I have to know. My God. Imagine all of it. <laughs> he does one every week. You have Custo Trivia Jingle? Every week. That's incredible. Oh, wow. man. Oh okay. my god! I, every and I don't get to hear them until this moment. So everything like, <laughs> that was a plus. There's no winners wow. except for you in this situation. I really appreciate that, that. For that matter, all of us. You know, <laughs> he texted me. He's like, "This one's real <sighs> dumb. I'm real nervous." <laughs> that was good. All right, I'm ready now. I'm in okay. Mode. All right. Oh, all right, Clinton, you're gonna go first. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the the Air Bud franchise featuring a dog playing various sports at a high level includes how many sequels and all i'm asking you is is it greater than or less than 10 i'm pretty certain there's five total airbuds so i'll say less than it is unfortunately 14 believe it or what? not <laughs> Darns, there's no way you knew that i did not know that okay uh, 14 airbuds there are 14 airbud sequels does airbud go to the olympics and participate in the Decathlon? a lot of a lot of them are labeled as air buddies which are a, a bunch of puppies i i don't know if they're airbuds uh, puppies see, okay see you know what i'm gonna pick nits on this because <laughs> if the movie is part of the extendo clip franchise as the extended not universe technically an airbud <laughs> movie many? How many just Air Bud, no Air Buddies? No, no. Except yeah. there are there are six regular Air Bud movies. Okay, so I was close. You so were close. Yeah. No, I think I, that's I, I think that's a half point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because you, right, you didn't know about the uh, the Air movies. Buddies. Like there is one called Spooky Buddies, where the uh, puppies are attacked by a witch who's trying to send them to puppy hell. That is a real movie. No sports involved. Just it's a real movie. Yeah. Um, all right, Caroline. <laughs> The 2022 road trip comedy pairs Channing Tatum with a Belgian Malinois named Lulu as the two race to make it to a fallen soldier's funeral on time. What is the name of this movie? God damn it. If you would ask me anything but the name of this movie. <laughs> um, oh, no. I can even see the cover. It's the back mm -hmm. of a truck. And he, the dog is on the Big truck. Time. Yeah, yeah. It's Channing Tatum on a truck with... with with his little, with his little canine. I've never buddy. heard of this movie. I'm gonna need an answer, Caroline. Do, 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 Hero. I got nothing. The, the movie is called Dog. That is the name of the movie. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Incredibly wow. creative movie. All right. 
Clinton, you're ahead. You're, we're gonna I'm ahead Clinton. by a half point. Point half five. That's a big half point. I take back my like. It's, it's gonna come back to haunt Caroline. Uh, all right. In the movie Independence Day, what is the name of Will Smith's character's dog who somehow leaps to safety as a giant nuclear fireball barrels towards him through a tunnel? No idea, but Will Smith's dog in uh, what's the I am Legend? Yeah, in I Am Legend, underrated dog in yeah. Hollywood in general. That dog is awesome, and I'm told that there's some sort of potential prequel situation involving the dog. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they are. They're they're making a sequel where they said they're just going to say that he didn't actually die at the end of the movie. <laughs> Wow. Just changing okay. it because they wanted to make a sequel. Retcon uh, for life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know anything about what that dog was named, but I know that the dog in I am I am Legend is is my favorite Will Smith related it's a good dog. dog. Vivica Fox they, calls him over. Um, yes, she does. Buster. It's Boomer. You're very Boomer. close there. Ooh. Are we giving half points out since we're just no, doling no, out? No, she, she, she cannot steal. She cannot, she cannot steal. steal. We have very strict rules here. Okay. That wasn't even the main question, though, was no, it? it was no. Okay, all right. Yeah. All right, Caroline. You got a half point in my heart, darn. <laughs> still, still half point to zero. Caroline, the 1983 Stephen King adaptation, Cujo, features a mother and son trapped in a car by a rabid dog. What type of dog is Cujo? It's a St. Bernard. It is a St. Bernard. That is a nice. big, big point for you there. Huge. Terrifying dog. Uh, so, fun fact, Cujo was the nickname of a long-standing NHL goaltender whose name was Curtis Joseph, and he had Cujo on his goalie Incredible. Map That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's <laughs> really good. <laughs> yeah. <whatever. laughs> All right. Final question for each okay. of you. <laughs> This live-action Disney movie from the 50s features a teenage boy who's turned into an old English sheepdog through the magical power of a ring once owned by the Borgias. <laughs> Zero chance there are any black people on this show, by the way. Zero chance. <laughs> there are no black people in this movie. <laughs> so what are you asking me? <laughs> The name of the movie? The name of the movie. No, I no idea. None. None. <laughs> it's called The Shaggy Dog. Oh, I've heard of that. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that that's what it was about, though. But okay. I'm I honestly, I, I didn't know that's what it was about either. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Caroline, the yeah. 2000, you extend your lead. The 2002 <laughs> live action Scooby Doo film was written by which superhero movie director? Superhero movie director. Before he made superhero movies, he wrote Scooby-Doo live action from 2002. I want to go a Russo, but I'm going to go James Gunn. It is James Gunn. Well done. All right. I was going to petition for a full point there for the tie because you misled me with air buddies, but that's a clean win, darn. (laughs) She got it. She got it. So I like that you were already thinking strategy before. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> Reminder, professional game show contestant. Okay. I know how to get these points. Yeah. I need, I need to bring in a consultant to help me construct the, the, the contests a little bit better. This is, this is a one man show here. And I, frankly, I would say 95% of my effort is going towards the jingles every week. But. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but thank you for playing Clinton. And Dude, that was and, fun. Thanks so much for coming yeah. on the show and, and sharing with us your extremely cool experience. I guess 
I, I have to I, I have to go find Snoop at some point and meet him to complete the trifecta. Yeah, come on, you loser. You have been met Where you been? You know what I'm saying? It is great to see you. Darns, please tell the Benster and Maverick what's up. Those are her dogs. Okay. You see, I know them personally. Them. Yeah. Right. Anyway, They're goodbye. Thanks, Clinton. You're welcome. All right. Well, as always, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, I, I'll remind everybody once again, you can reach us here on the show at forthewatercooler at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 802-432-8308. Please go and leave us a review uh, over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you listen to us. That really helps us a lot. Um, and you can find us on social media. We are at For the Water Cooler over at Instagram. Uh, and I think that's it, Caroline. What what else? What do we have? What, what else do I need to, to tell folks before we let them go? It was a great show. Yeah, super fun. I'm glad every time I get to talk Clinton, he's a fun dude. So um, I think just go watch Masters of the Air. Go week. watch Masters of the Air this week. Uh, go to oh, For God. the Win. Go to For the Win and check out our uh, all of our Oscar content and, and oh. find out where you can watch all of these movies that we were talking about today. That There's tons of good stuff for you over there at For The Win. Um, That's it. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week on For The Water Cooler.